Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And what do you do to prepare for the season while everybody else is having mandatory minicamp? You cancel minicamp. Yeah, this is going to be a great year for the Texans. Boxing is dead. This is not real, and this is burying my beloved sport. The more you spend money on the more they're going to give you. A little nose-to-nose, a little playoff basketball flow. No, P.J. Tucker didn't, and I damn sure don't want to see Paul Blart Mall Cop come in and intervene. Well, without Chris Paul, that team is not second in the West, and they're not playing this type of basketball in the playoffs. They probably still don't make the playoffs. All the stuff I have accomplished as a basketball player in my career, the one thing everybody always wants to talk about is, is Duke basketball and, and Coach K. We believe in change, and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Mama, there goes that man. You Ladies and gentlemen, start of our show. Welcome, 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 welcome back. To the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast coming back to you after a, a long while, weeks and weeks. It's been a minute, and I am so glad that you are here. And if this is your first time, welcome aboard. I am glad that you have checked in. And if this is your first time, please, a couple things we want to remind you of. We have the WagesworthProductions.com website where you can go back and listen to past episodes, get some information on us, learn us, learn about uh, the podcast and some of the things that I am doing and a couple of the people that you will hear on the podcast frequently. That's WagesWordProductions.com. In addition to that, we have a 24-hour-a-day sports line that you can call, comment, question, uh, make requests, whatever you want to do. Leave a message 24 hours a day on the sports line, and you might just make it on the next podcast. And if you want to reach that line, it's 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. And then on social media, it's the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and the group page, the group you can be a part of on Facebook. Sports Talk with Devin Wade. So, two words. Sports Talk with Devin Wade. So, definitely check those out. And what else? Am I forgetting something else? I'll get into the Labira pay and ways that you can contribute a little bit later on. But all, all of those ways. And on Twitter, by the way, at Wade's Word. So, all of those things are taking place. And I am excited about that. So, before we get into headlines, I, I, we have our guy, our European sports nerd, former NFL linebacker, Eddie Robinson, our guy. He is uh, going to uh, join us a little bit later on. Had an opportunity to talk to him a few days ago, and we have that conversation. So if you are interested in the Tour de France, and if you are interested in Formula One, we get into that. And, and he's he's been able to drag me into that, and I actually watch more of it than I ever had before. And it's probably, well, it's definitely because of Eddie Robinson and his interest. So uh, we'll talk about that and some NBA stuff as well. We do have a Lamont Award for the big dummy of the episode. And we have uh, some headlines, some loose headlines, loosey-goosey. It's that time of year. Well, I mean, we're in the midst of our NBA finals. And we are at the, today is the, M, the uh, Major League Baseball All-Star Game. So we'll get into some of that stuff as well. So we'll get into some headlines. Uh, but I want to give you a rundown of what's been going on with me. So what's been going on with me? I have not 
been on some, you know, wonderful excursion around the world on vacation. I wish. I haven't gotten out of town this year. Oh, well, not, well, yeah, not this year. Yeah. So, this, you know, normally over the summer months, like a lot of people, you take a vacation, get away. I don't always go far, but, I, you know, just to get away. And I'm at a point in my life where I like getting away. And I imagine, I, in my imagination, I imagine sort of leaving the city, going to work some land and, and just, you know, maybe farm. Or maybe this is the thing, maybe growing some grapes, maybe creating my own little cottage industry of a, of a boutique wine. You know, that, that, and actually, that's what I've been doing. So what I have been doing, I've been reading some, not nearly enough. Uh, but I have also been indulging in some of my interests. I've been brushing up on some economics, <laughs> which learning a few things. Okay, so here, here's what I do. I, I learn things that I think I should know more about. Now, what that does do is make create an interest that I learn just enough to think I know what I'm talking about and not quite know exactly what I'm talking about. So I looked into some economics, and I've delved back into wine. Now, I was big in the wine a number of years ago. And then I thought I would make the conversion to bourbon. I needed to back away from bourbon because that is just, that's a lot more intense. So I needed to, to, to dial that down a little bit because, you know, I'm getting older. I want to take care of myself. I can't, I can't be a connoisseur of bourbon. Although, I, I guess you could just be a taster and you don't have to just indulge like that. But if you're going to learn about bourbon, you have to drink a lot of bourbon. So I reverted back to my interest in wine. So here, now this is where I've been. And maybe if anyone knows a sommelier that can help me and want to spend some time maybe over a lunch of wine or something and coach me up on any aspect, I, I will appreciate that. I would appreciate that. And I'm big on supporting Texas wine. Now, Texas wine is still fledgling. Only about 40, 50 years old that we've really kind of gotten back into the wine business, the state of Texas, which, again, people, uh, they poo-poo Texas wines. But I will tell you this, uh, they're getting better from what I hear. Now, I'm nowhere near an expert, but some of the experts say that there's some good wines being made in Texas. So this is what I have dedicated myself to before we get in the NFL and training camp. I have dedicated myself to Tempranillo. That's a Spanish wine, but it also grows great in the state of Texas. So I have I, I, I've partaken in Spanish Tempranillos from the Rioja region of, and there's several regions that do Tempranillo with the blend and all of that. But Texas, I've been trying to drink some, uh, some Texas Tempranillos as well. But I, here's the other catch. I'm not going to spend... $40, a bottle. I'm going to go on the low end. So I'm going to do it on a budget. I'm going to ball on a budget and learn about wines. until I. It's almost like golf. When I play golf, I'm okay. But I'm not good enough to where investing in, you know, $3,000 clubs are going to improve my game. I'm not there yet. So, you know, I'm going to do what I can with what I got. And if I get to, if I if I dedicate myself enough to the game of golf or the world of wine, 
I will start to invest a little bit more in that interest. So, and I do this from time to time you know, on summers. I do one, I'll do, um, one year was the Civil War. Just, yeah, I wanted to read and ingest what I could about the Civil There's just stuff that I do that sort of um, intellectually stimulates me to whatever degree I'm intellectually interested or capable of being interested. So, that being said, I have not been as just knee deep into uh, to the NBA Finals, into what's been going on in baseball, although I keep up with the Astros. So I'm on my Astros, and I've done some things talking about the Olympics, which are coming up. Really, really excited. But I've been watching a lot of uh, European sports, and a lot of it is because, hey, you know, I have an, you know, an opportunity to see the Euro Cup, which was determined, and uh, Formula One, and some of this other, the Tour de France, so all of that. So with all of that, Let's get into some headlines. In headlines, a number of things are standing out. Of course, the NBA Finals, two games to one in favor of the Phoenix Suns. And, you know, Giannis has been stepping up in a huge, huge way. When I made my predictions, I did not anticipate him healthy enough after the hyperextension of his knee. I didn't think that he would be healthy enough quick enough to contribute and uh, and especially the way he has in this series he is playing phenomenal and the bucks trail two games to one but man they are i mean everything is on schedule at this point the home court advantage phoenix won their two games at home and of course milwaukee has won their one game at home so uh, i think of course in any seven game series game four is the most pivotal because if uh, the Phoenix Suns come back and win in Milwaukee, it'll be pretty difficult and uh, hard to imagine Milwaukee coming back to win that series. Uh, but it looks like we're headed towards a six or seven game series, which is good because now you're starting to really get into it. The first few games, you know, especially if you emotionally invest in other series. And they get to six or seven games. You're like, oh, okay, the, the drama, the drama, the drama. Then you hit the reset button, and the next series starts. So then it takes a couple games to rev up into that. And I think that's the truth for the players as well as uh, a lot of the fans, except maybe if you're in that hometown. But I, I think it takes a while to rev up and, and get really locked in to a series, a game or maybe two. You know, that first game, especially if you're coming off a seven-game series, you're like, we're just glad to be here. Let's recuperate and attack this next series. Well, again, Phoenix got off to a, a great start. And it looked like, yeah, this is going to be a short series. Uh, but, again, that's sort of the the energy that goes, the pendulum that swings back and forth uh, emotionally in uh, the course of a series. So we'll have to see. Game four is tomorrow night. So we'll keep an eye out on that. Are you interested? Is this something that has captivated you? Because I have to admit, I have not approached this series like I have others. Uh, although, as we get to four, five, and six, yeah, I, I'll be locked in uh, like most other people. So let me know about that, 832-941-6614. The other thing, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game is tonight, and all the focus seems to be on uh, Shohei Hotani, which I have been talking about him, especially on, I don't know how, I mean, I'm sure I've talked about him here, but I definitely have talked about him on KTSU Sports Talk. 
Shohei Otani, not only is he a, you know, a leadoff hitter tonight, he's also the starting pitcher. So this dude is is the truth, man, and he is doing things that we've never seen done in our lifetime. You never see a pitcher able to do what he's doing offensively. The dude can mash and he can throw the rock. And, of course, they're looking up at the Houston Astros. But Stephen A. Smith, I guess he stepped into controversy with some comments saying that it's hard for baseball to, you know, be dominant. And when you're the you know, best guy in the game, it needs an interpreter. And, of course, that set off a firestorm. He stepped in in a major way. He's been apologizing all day to anyone who would listen. And I think he sounded like a guy that just didn't understand the marketing issues related to baseball. Now, the premise of it, does it hurt when your most popular player can't speak the language and market himself in other ways, I think that that's a reasonable statement in that, uh, I, you know, even with a guy like uh, Jordan Alvarez, which you want, you want to know more about these guys. And if you want to judge whether or not that's true, everybody wants the big guys on their show. They want to hear from them. They want to get their takes on everything. When it's a, uh, an impediment in the way of that, uh, it hurts uh, access. Uh, you know, it doesn't feed the fire like you would want. But that's not the problem. The, the fact that, I mean, so many guys in the sport of baseball uh, need interpreters. And that's a, a tremendous thing because you have, it really is a world game. And it really gives validity to the world champion in baseball being the best in the world because we have the best players from South America. We have the best players from Cuba and Dominican Republic. We have the best players from Japan. And, and so, again, I, I think that makes the sport uh, it gives validity to, you know, so many times we say, You're, we're the world champs and we're the only country that plays the sport, like in football. The world champs in football. Well, who else is really playing football like that? I mean, so I get it, but this is truly a world game. And I just think that if you are on the airwaves long enough, you're going to make a mistake. And I'm not a Stephen A. Smith apologist. I don't think what he said was inherently racist. But I understand with the climate of what's going on, with Asian Americans that this is going to be an issue um, because you don't want to lend any more fuel to the fire uh, of sort of disenfranchising that population. So Shohei Otani, I've been talking about, check him out. I've been saying this over and over again, dude is the truth, but the story is still the Houston Astros. Astros, look, they had, I mean, uh, and I have to say, shout out to all the Astros fans that stayed at the game and stay tuned in to the game Sunday when the Astros were down to the Yankees. They'd already lost the first couple of games of that series in Houston. Didn't score much at all. Struggled offensively. And then they go down 7-2 to two in the 7th seventh or 8th seventh or inning. And it was, it was bad. And I have to admit, I tuned out. I didn't, I'm like, okay, bullpen did it again. And the Astros come back with a six-run ninth walk-off three-run homer by Jose Altuve. And then he rips off his shirt. If you don't know the backstory, in what, 2017 to get to the World Series, uh, Jose Altuve hit a walk-off home run against a Rogers Chapman. They're closing. And when he made the rounds, he 
held his shirt tightly so the guys couldn't rip his shirt off. And that led to speculation that he had some device to let him know what the pitch was. And everybody has run with that. And it's just a, you know, it's unfortunate. And it was terrible because, again, if you understand the investigation, the cheating was done. By that time, by the time the shirt, he held the shirt tight and didn't allow them to rip the shirt off. The cheating had stopped. But again, conspiracy theorists said, oh, he had something under his shirt. That's why he didn't want the shirt ripped off because it would have revealed his. So whatever device he had under his shirt to let him know what pitch was coming. So the Yankees and, and Aaron Judge have sort of been making fun of that, and he hit a home run. He he grabbed his shirt as to say, you know, as to uh, as if to replicate what Jose did in that game. Well, after Jose Otuve hit that three-run homer to walk off, he let him rip the shirt off, tear it off. And yes, now what? With the, hey, with the shirt on, with the shirt off, the result is the same. Walk off home run. So there you have it. That is going. If the Yankees can hold up their end and get in the playoffs, then we hope to see them. I, I think as an Astros fan, I would like to see the Yankees so we can do them in again. And I say we because, again, I'm not a member of the team, but when you win a World Series, if you win a championship, we get to say we. Fans and even media types get to say we. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, and we'll have to see uh, what happens in the second half. Astros are struggle. They have some issues. And we'll get somebody on to talk about that. They have some issues in the bullpen. They also have some issues with health. They have to get healthier. Bregman has to get back, and a couple of the guys are dinged up, and they have to get back. The other story, though, is that a number of the Astros opted out of the All-Star game. I'm like, nope, we're not going. Personal reasons, need to be with my family. Oh, I'm a little banged up, a little dinged up. And people are saying they're doing that because – People, the fans around Major League Baseball will boo them and they don't want to subject themselves to that. I don't care. If you don't want to go, don't go. Because the only thing that's important at the end of the day is making that run in October to get to the World Series. So if you need those days, hey, I'm glad you were recognized. And had the fans voted them in, I think that's a little bit different. But they were named as reserves. So, yeah, since the fans didn't vote them in, then okay, that's fine. Let's uh, skip this and get ready for the second half of the season. So that's going on. Also, um, the Olympics. Since we've come to you last, Shakari Richardson uh, was not on the relay team. She was not allowed to be on the relay team. And that was a surprise to me. I understand the reasoning behind it when they explained it. So let me get into this. Because I went on Fox 26 uh, with Nate Griffin. Shout out to my guy, Nate Griffin. And I really didn't have a sort of demonstrative take on that because my take is essentially USA track. They have their rules. Let them decide. And everybody, well, it was not illegal. And people are jumping all in this and they're making it racial and they're trying, talking about boycotting the Olympics. But understand this. And my take was pretty simple that if that's what, USA track wants to do they can do that because they set up the rules she knew the rules she violated and I and I feel terrible for the young lady that that happened but at the same time you knew what it was and I go back to the NFL you know what it is whether you agree to it then that's that's an issue for the players union that's an issue for 
if this is something that the track athletes wanted to fight beforehand. But out of the 130 members of the track team, USA track, that's going to the Olympics, no one else failed the test. So, you know, is it illegal? No, she shouldn't go to jail. She shouldn't get in trouble with the law. But clearly, that was the rule. And it's not, it's in competition. It's not even something that they test for year-round as a performance enhancer. This has to do with sort of, uh, I guess, the health of the athlete. Now, you can debate whether or not that should be a part of it. That's open for debate. What's not open for debate is this was the rule. And see, this is what we do as uh, fans and uh, media people even. What we do is we don't know anything about anything until something happens and then we jump and take a side. (laughs) And sometimes jumping, you can be right. Sometimes you can be wrong. But we just jump in. Oh, We know more than the people who live this every single day. So here's what I say to that. Shakari Richardson and every other athlete know explicitly what the guidelines are. They live this. They know when they're tested. They know how they're tested. They know what they're tested for. They know what's acceptable. They know what's not acceptable. This is their life. This is her livelihood. This is what she does every day of her life. She doesn't just do this on the weekends. This is what she does. So she and every other athlete, they know exactly what is expected of them. Now, again, we as the public, if you want to debate that, you can. But we didn't go to the USA Trek meetings or we didn't write our USA Trek representative to say we need to legalize weed. and we should. So we jump in here on this subject like it's a, a, a something we know about. You know, even other pro athletes chimed in on this. It boils down to this. She knew what it was. Now, here's what I hoped for. And I said this on television. I said that I hoped that they would put her on the relay team. And not only because you felt sorry for the young lady, but you also want to win. You want to try to win a gold medal because I'm USA first. I'm all for the USA. So that didn't happen. And there explanation was since she was disqualified she does not have an official time now my bigger problem is you can finagle whatever you want to finagle if you wanted to get her in but that was not what they chose to do and it had nothing to do with race and they said well what about michael phelps michael phelps a never tested positive and b this did not happen in the course of competition. He got caught with uh, photographs of him smoking, uh, I guess, a pipe of some sort, uh, a marijuana pipe or whatever, smoking weed, whatever it was. But it wasn't in competition, and he never tested positive. So there's that. But not only that, there's so many other great stories to follow. And if you're talking about supporting African-American women, you can start. I mean, obviously in Houston, Simone Biles and Simone Manuel. But if you want to start just in track, you have Allison Felix, her fifth Olympics. She's a mother now. She's an entrepreneur running in her own shoes, her own gear. Just a phenomenal example of what you would want in an Olympic athlete. You have Gabby Thomas, who is running the 200. And she is, is in Harvard Medical School trying to be an epidemiologist. And an accomplished, I mean, you go to an Ivy League school and do your thing, go to the Olympics, and you're about to to dedicate your life to medicine. 
a thing mo a the 19 year old i think and just an amazing amazing uh, performance in the 800 so you have stories you have many many stories so you know to ignore or boycott the olympics for one who admittedly did the wrong thing and ignore all of these other and, and, and again this is just if you're talking about african-american women there's so many of them that are doing tremendous things tara evans from Un university of texas all of these athletes that are doing great things can't ignore them and it's unfortunate what happened to shikari but there's so many other athletes that uh, america needs to support in these games so that's my take on that i wasn't as demonstrative because again I'm not, I don't, I'm not angry that she, I mean, I found it unfortunate that she didn't make it. And I felt bad given the circumstances to which she succumbed and, and, and partook in some, some marijuana. But I don't think that marijuana is a performance enhancer. So I don't, I wouldn't say, yes, she should have been kept out. I wouldn't say that. And I wouldn't say, no, you shouldn't suspend her. I'll say, I'll defer to the people who who do this every single day of their lives, who get paid to do this, who participate in this every single day of their lives. And if they say, hey, this is what we're doing, then that's, we, you go with that. Now, if the athletes want to organize around that and boycott, whatever they want to do, they're in that world all the time. That's their lives. I will watch the Olympics, and I will not watch another track meet for four years unless I go to the TSU relays. So it's not my world. And I think for most of us, 99% of us, it's not our world. So for us to have these strong takes are something else. So all that is going on and a little bit more, but those are the, the basic headlines. Give me your take on that. 832-941-6614. Going to take a time out here from our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. Come back on the other side with our guy, E-Rob 50, Eddie Robinson, former NFL linebacker, part of our special teams unit. And on the Mon Ward, this is Sports Talk with Devin Wade Podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. Your children are the most precious gift God has given you. Their well-being is of the utmost importance, and finding childcare that exhibits the same belief is, well, non-negotiable. So why not end your search at Brighter Brains Learning Center? Located in Stafford, Texas, Brighter Brains is a licensed, family-owned and operated daycare that promotes an early educational foundation and provides an environment of love, safety, and quality care for children ages six weeks to five years old. For more information, call 346-328-3717 or visit brighterbrainslearningcenter.org.
That's our guy. And, of course, you can check him out on SoundCloud. Follow him on Instagram as well, DJ Anarchy. And uh, he does his thing around the city of Houston as well. Show him some love and let him know that you heard him on the podcast. We look forward to having him uh, do his thing. But if you have music and you want your music heard on the podcast, you can uh, hit us up. Email us, music at wadeswordproductions.com. That's music at wadeswordproductions.com. We will play a snippet at the halfway point and an extended portion of a mix or an entire song at the end of an episode. Uh, the genre, of course, doesn't matter. Whatever you do, whatever you're into, we got you. And, of course, we have an eclectic, interested uh, listening audience and they want to hear from you and hear your music so hit us up and we'll definitely show you some love man i have not realized how much i miss talking to you guys uh, until i started talking to you guys and hearing from you guys hey what's up what's going on where you been what's up so i'm glad to be back and uh, as we move forward there are a lot of things i want to get into in the fall with football want to get your suggestions on any of that also getting very very close to a, a live podcast now, we were getting ready to do that. I was dragging my feet, but I was getting ready to do that when the pandemic hit. So if you have a suggestion on a venue, somewhere we can all convene, get a beverage or two, and enjoy ourselves and have a room to comfortably bring you this podcast, please hit me up with that on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page or 832-941-6614. Just let me know. And in addition to that, what segments did you do? Do you want to hear? What coverage do you want to hear coming up for the fall? Because that's our prime time. We'll have football. We'll have college football. We'll be talking some swag, plenty of swag. We'll be talking NFL. We'll talk uh, some college football. We will talk uh, about uh, the NBA as it gets ready to get started. And we'll talk about the conclusion of baseball season. So it's getting ready to ramp up. And whatever else you think uh, you'd like to hear us do, please let me know. A couple things uh, before we get into our conversation with Eddie Robinson and our Lamont Award. want to talk about LaBeerPay. L-I-B-E-R-A-P-A-Y, LiberaPay.com. If you want to make a contribution, we need your help and your support to continue to, to expand and bring you quality podcasts, and I need your help with that. And you can go to LiberaPay.com and uh, look for Sports Talk with Devin Wade, Sports Talk with Devin Wade at LiberaPay.com and make a contribution. doesn't have to be much. But every little bit helps. It helps us with equipment. It helps us uh, expand with some things we want to do. It helps with a lot of different things. And we need your help and your support. So LiberaPay.com. And if you haven't already made a contribution, please make a contribution. And then I can give you shouts out. I can I can shout you out and show you some love on the podcast. Not that you need that, but if you like that, I certainly want to give you the love for uh, making a contribution to help us go and grow and get bigger and better. There are a couple other storylines in the Olympics. When I was naming things to look forward to, you talk about supporting uh, black women in the Olympics or United States Olympians. There's several of them. You have uh, Tara Evans from University of Texas. I think she's doing a triple jump. You have the big showdown between Sydney McLaughlin and Delilah uh, Muhammad and the 400-meter hurdles. These ladies push each other so fast and so far that each time one of them beats the other, they set a world record. 
So that is an exciting matchup that's coming up. Also in the 800 meters, Raven Rogers from H-Town went to Kincaid, the Kincaid Academy. I actually played there in high school. We had a game there, scrimmage there, and some of our guys behaved badly. I won't go into that. But I, I actually threw a touchdown on the campus of Kincaid. And, and their little, I don't know if – I guess you can call it a stadium back then. But, yeah, in their stadium, I threw a touchdown. Just a little aside. Have to show myself some love on that. Also, when you, I want to go back to this baseball thing. I want to clarify some things, too, to make sure. Uh, when you talk about the problems with marketing baseball, you have to understand that baseball is really a local or regional game. While I watch the Astros every day, and like most people, I won't watch Milwaukee play. I won't watch the Cleveland Indians play. I won't watch Toronto play every day. And so you really are loyal to your team. So, you know, you, you pay attention to your team every day. And also baseball requires an investment that a younger audience uh, isn't always willing to put in. You have to watch it. You have to, to invest every day or every other day. You have to keep up with your team to care more about them. You can't just look at the box scores. Although, you know, back in the day, people used to look, you look at the box scores and read the articles and look at the columns about baseball. It's a different era in that way. But to just look at the box scores is not telling the story. You have to watch and you have to invest time. And so that is a an inherent problem with the marketing of baseball. They want to speed it up, but you can't. Because you can't make it a fundamentally different game than the game than what it is. You have to do what you can to market people and the energy behind the game and the fan experience. Uh, but it's hard to market a fan experience to somebody in El Paso, Texas, who doesn't come to uh, watch the Astros or go see the Texas Rangers or people in Oklahoma and Nebraska, Kansas, where you don't have, well, I guess Kansas, you can go to the Royals in Kansas city and you know, but again, there are places in this country. If you don't have a team, you don't, you don't have a, a dog in the fight. And so that's a changing thing. And you can say the same thing about basketball, but, again, it's a faster game. You can ch- kind of jump in. If it's football, hey, it's Sunday. It's once a week, and although you have Thursday night games, not Saturday and Monday. But by and large, if you want to invest, you can invest one day out of the week and see your team play. Baseball is an everyday sort of thing. And I do think that they have problems. Uh, they tried to market uh, Mike Trout, who everybody says is the best player in, in baseball. And he's uh, remarkable. But the problem is he doesn't have a lot of personality. Bryce Harper was a guy. But then Bryce Harper, it's, again, the, the level of success is so small. You go to bat 10 times. If you get three hits out of those 10 times, then you are the man. You are balling out. And if you do four times, you are, you are really off the chain. So there's a lot of failure there. Uh, but there's ways to, to market the game. I haven't quite figured it out, but I can tell you this. Uh, you want to get the personalities involved. I like it when they have the little dust-ups. When you talk about the Dodgers and San Diego kind of getting into it and the rivalry between the Yankees and the Red Sox and, and also the, the newer rivalries with like the A's to a less extent, the A's and the Astros with a little bad blood there or uh, the Yankees and the Astros. Now that'll be really good for baseball, but you have to sell those sorts of things. And uh, individual players, it's a little bit harder because you can tune in for a guy and be like, man, I am going to watch Shohei Otani tonight. And he might go 0 for 4. 
And you're like, well, what was the big fuss about? It's easier to find if you say hey, in football, hey, let's watch Pat Mahomes. You know, chances are he's going to do work. He only has 17, 16, now 17 chances to do it. So he's going to do – chances are he's going to do work. Baseball, it's hit or miss. You, you just don't know. And so those are some of the inherent problems. Uh, and, again, uh, we'll have to see what baseball does to market itself. With that, going to take another brief time out, come back on the other side with our guy Eddie Robinson and Lamont Ward. This is Sports Talk with Devin Wade Podcast. Anyway, you get your podcast. For past episodes or more content, go to Wade'sWordProductions.com. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. It's Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade. Going to get into our conversation with our guy, Eddie Robinson. And Eddie, of course, 11-year NFL veteran, football player extraordinaire, really good football player, great NFL career, great SWAC career at Alabama State from New Orleans. And most of you who have listened for some time, you know all about Eddie. You know who he is and what he what he's about. But we appreciate him. But you know what? Everybody comes to me and says, man, Eddie is the man. I really enjoy Eddie. This dude is cool, man. I really enjoy his takes. Well, be sure to tell him that. Hit him up on social media at erob 50 But, of course, being the contrarian that he can be, he's not talking about football. He's not talking a lot about the NFL yet. Uh, he is more interested right now in what's going on in his European sports. So that's what he's into, and, of course, that's what we talked about a couple of days ago. We did get his take on some baseball stuff. We did get his take a little bit on the Olympics and uh, the NBA Finals. But primarily, we talked a little bit about some uh, Euro sports. So here's our conversation with our guy. After our uh, summer vacation, visiting with our guy, Eddie Robinson. So, Eddie, let me ask you this. For a guy who's always on vacation, do you take a vacation from your vacations during vacation time? <laughs> Wait, man, I, I don't know how to take that, man. But, uh, no, nah, you know, I, I get some hard work in, but then I try to enjoy myself also. <laughs> so, you know, my, my whole thing, what I figured out, June, July, and August for for my lifestyle and what I like to do, is the worst time to live in the city of Houston. Man, you can't do outside activities. You can't hike. You can't ride bicycles. You can't can't do anything like that. It's just miserable. And so I try to leave this to leave the city at least 
once or twice a month in June, July, and August and go to a cooler climate. So that's that's where I'm at right now. Well, increasingly, <laughs> that's harder to do in the United States because both coasts are just uh, have been on fire. But uh, I, And I called you one time. You said, well, hey, man, I'm hiking today. Where were you hiking? Was that nearby or where were you? Nah, I, actually, I, I, I have a group of my, my fraternity brothers and, and uh, some guys from New Orleans, and we try to get hikes at least once or twice a year, and we were actually up in Seattle. So the Pacific Northwest is really good because you have the, the large timber trees. And so, you know, the hikes are more within the forest. So even if it is a hot day, and, of course, you know, a, a hot day in Seattle is, is is a balmy 85. And, you know, if you're from Houston and New Orleans, I mean, that's that's cool and comfortable to me. So it's like I'm – it's perfect. Plus, you got the shade trees and stuff. So we're doing some little light hikes out there, but it's, it's good to uh, – good to go different places and and kind of reconnect with the outdoors well we haven't spoken in a while and a lot has transpired and we're going to get into some nba stuff and even some olympic stuff but this is your time to shine all and i and i curse you you now have me watching Man, the I two have, of the friends I broaden your horizons that's what i've done i have i have lifted the cloak of ignorance from over your head like booker t washington said <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm watching damn bicycle racing, man. I, I mean, and, and again, I've always been familiar with the Tour de France, but I'm watching it more than I ever have. And, and that along uh, with Formula One, three weeks in a row. I mean, I've watched Formula One pretty much all year long. So, I, I mean, it also comes at a very convenient time. It's like 8 o'clock Sunday morning. So that's good. Yeah, it, yeah, it works exactly. into my schedule. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, yeah, so give us an update. I mean, obviously, Lewis Hamilton is struggling in, in F1. What's going yeah, on I mean, with Lewis? Every, everybody knew, you know, Max Verstappen was kind of like the young gun. His dad was actually a former world champ. So, you know, everybody knew that he had the goods and real talented guy, but just the, the, the Red Bull machine just wasn't up to par. You know, the Hondas, they, they got back into Formula One and, and the engine wasn't reliable. So now, I mean, kudos to Red Bull. They're doing a great job. And then, you know, Max always had the talent. So Lewis... And the Mercs are a little bit, a little bit off the pace right now. Although they started fast, so it's kind of, kind of weird to see just over the last three weeks that they haven't performed as well. Um, but you know, they were in Austria, and and you know those those uh, Formula One engines are so high tech that they don't do well. The Mercs don't do well in high altitude. So we'll have to see once they come down to Silverstone, which is the you know race outside of London. So it'll be Lewis Hamilton's home Grand Prix. So I think this will be the test if the Mercs. Don't turn it around and show the pace and can, you know, win the race one, two, like they have been for the last six years or so. And I think it's going to really be game on with Lewis Hamilton. He's he's behind right now, but it's, I think it's like 22 races, so it's not even a halfway point. So it's, it's a lot of more racing to go. And, and, you know, you get 25 points for a win. So, you know, one DNF or one sign of unreliability, the, the whole Formula One race lead can change really quick. Okay, so let me let me. Caution you against this. Now you're using jargon. You're talking about Mercs. I, explain oh, to yeah, people what you're talking about. Show from Mercedes. Show from Mercedes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the Mercedes Mercedes cars were strong. And then you said DNF did not finish. Right. Right. So, DN, DNF is a did not finish. So yeah, a, a did not finish. Is, so you know, each week you're racing to get points, and, the, and whoever has the most points at the end of the year wins. So, the, you know, first place gets 25 points, then I think it's like uh, 18 and then 16 and 14 for each place, and only the top 10 get points. So, you know, to, to win the championship, you may not win every race, but so it's about consistency and reliability, not just on the driver, but also the car, because your car has to be able to finish every race in order to get points. So the worst thing you can have is a DNF, which is did not finish because you get zero points. So say Lewis, I mean, 
right now, Max is doing good. He's winning first. So for Lewis, you say, hey, this really isn't my track. I'm going to do damage limitation. You know, I'll get second, third, fourth. You know, I may drop seven points, eight points, but I'm still within the race. And I can come back and win a couple races. Maybe, you know, Max gets a do not do not finish and then you know, I can catch back up. So that's so you're kind of playing the long game, as, as I guess you would say. So, yeah, so that is your introductory uh, update on Formula One. So a lot more racing to go. Lewis Hamilton, uh, Hamilton the prominent African-American racer who is. Uh, no, 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 not prominent. He's the African-American <laughs> racer. He's the only one. There's never been another one. So he's like, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, he's the spot. He's the guy with the cornrows and the British accent. So <laughs> Yeah, and, and he's had some some crossover appeal here. I know he's been big on, uh, he's dated some celebrities and stuff. So people, even if you're not a, a a race car driving fan you may have come into contact with him in pop culture but also tour de france and and of course i've been watching this a little bit i'm still there's still many many things that i don't quite understand but i'm i guess i'm getting better you explained some things to me last night what are your overall thoughts i mean I, we saw sign girl uh take out a bunch of racers uh, <laughs> yeah, that and that was some crazy. backlash, but yeah, that was pretty crazy. What are your thoughts on this year's Tour de France so far? Well, I, I mean, so with the tour, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I, I like to go to, I watch a lot of baseball games. So when I take someone to a baseball game, like, oh my goodness, how can you sit through a whole baseball game, you know? And so I said, well, if it's a nice day, you can drink plenty of beer, which, you know, I, I'm not a beer drinker, but I, I, I give people that option. But once you explain people, what's going on in baseball like hey this is the starting pitcher this is cole you know he's coming back to pitch against the astros and he was a former this and this guy's that and hey the guy on second you know two outs you know so you kind of have to explain to them the game within the game so that way they can understand what's going on because if you're just watching the baseball game i will admit it is pretty boring but for me who watch the yankees every day then it's always something oh, that I'm poor excited you. about. Poor you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> who who so, sent who sent you to that punishment to have to watch the Yankees every day? I mean, <laughs> hey man, it's, it's, it's not even August yet. Calm down. We'll, we'll get to the Yankees next. But so getting back to 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 Tour de France, well, it's the same thing. If you're just watching the bike race, you like look at all these skinny guys with different colored jerseys riding up a mountain. Pretty damn boring, I must admit. But if you can if you can understand the history of the Tour de France and know the different jerseys and and who was the past winners and then you had Team Sky who was like they had the dominant team and before that it was of of course you know the guy in Austin that everybody loves uh, Lance Armstrong and Radio Shack team which was dominant so I mean but but now you really have this particular race it was like five different guys who had a legitimate chance to win. And it wasn't really a dominant team, so that so it had so much excitement. And the and the young guy Pogachar, I mean, he was he won last year, but he won on the last stage last year. So you had him and Primo Ruglitz, who, who are actually countrymen. And so Primo Ruglitz crashed out earlier in the race, and so now he's out the race. And so you know you have Mark Cavendish, who's like a the the old guy who was a sprinter. Everybody thought his career was over with, but he has like he had thirty one career victories you know mostly sprint victories in the tour de france but now he's able to come back and he's so he'll probably be the to me he's the comeback sports guy of the year in the whole country unless somebody does something great in the olympics but right now i mean mark cavendish coming back and winning stages in the tour de france after everybody thought his career was done is pretty amazing and he's able he has a chance to catch eddie Merckx, who has the all-time career Tour de France victories. I think he's at 34. Stage victories. 
stage victories, correct. So and so and and winning the stage in the Tour de France, I mean, that's what you I mean, just to be in the Tour de France, because you know, you have to be selected by your team to race in the tour. So it's a competition just to for your team to pick you to be in the tour and then to win a stage of the Tour de France. I mean, that's something I mean, you never buy drinks again in that town. You know what I'm saying? So it's just I mean, we look at it as just, oh, just a race in the tour and they won one day. I mean, but you see the emotions of guys when they win a stage of the Tour de France. It's like, man, this is my you know, lifelong dream as a cyclist. Now, everybody can't actually win the tour like Lance Armstrong. So to win a stage in the tour is like a huge deal and something that you want to add to your resume. Well, yeah, and they'll have some uh, some cycling. Do you ever look at the cycling at the, at the, in the Peladrome? Do you look at that kind of cycling or just road course racing? Well, first of all, it's called the velodrome. Not Vel- <laughs> what, 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 what are the pel- pel- is the music thing, right? <laughs> yeah, so nah, so, so well, you, but hey so, man, you I tried. Find, you can find Peloton, which is the Peloton. No, is, I didn't is, say is, Peloton, the Peladrome, which is actually the musical right, you thing. You said Peladrome, but it's the Velodrome. So the, the, the Velodrome <laughs> is more like the track cycling, which is kind of where you go around. And actually, there's a Velodrome in Houston out in Katy. So right. like, is that still open? I didn't know you. That- you, Devin Wade, can ride in the velodrome. You know what I'm saying? So, I didn't know if it was still open. I, I remember being out there, but I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's and still I tried open. To Actually, there's get... a black guy who's the coach out there. So, and, and that's one thing. <laughs> you know, I, I ride with a group called Major Taylor Houston Cycling Club, right? So, and Major Taylor, if you didn't know, he was a former world champion in cycling back in the late 1800s and was, of course, the only black guy back then, or one of the few, I'm sure. But he was a world champion, so a lot of you have a lot of different major Taylor clubs in his honor, and so um, it's like Jesse Owens kid. track. You, you we used to have a lot of Jesse Owens track because of obviously his accomplishments in thirty six Olympics, and, and Major Taylor did the same in cycling in the late eighteen hundred. Cycling, right? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So and so we and so that's our cycling club is of course, and it's a it's a you have a national Major Taylor Association. So I mean, most cyclists would have heard of Major Taylor. The velodrome. But, but, do you, so you like which one do you like more, road? racing the no, velodrome I'm, I'm, I'm not a, i mean i like watching both but i wouldn't want to race in the velodrome because you i mean it's when you fall is is like you you concrete and and that's where you kind of going in a circle round and round and so with that it's a different whole another philosophy that's a that's going deep european sports nerd right there once you started talking <laughs> about velodrome race so let me gonna start you off with the tell with the tour de france and then because we, we, we'll the olympics graduate. is here now, i tell you what when the Olympics come, you'll see a lot of the velodrome cycling. So then I'll kind of catch you up during the, that. We'll do that on during the Olympics. When we so let me ask you this. So are any of these guys that are ro- racing in the tour, will they run? Will they race in the Olympics or is, I, I, will they overlap? Well, I'm glad you asked because uh, <laughs> they actually <laughs> so, <laughs> and so the thing about cycling, which is so cool. So you have the world champion jersey. So Julian Alaphilippe is the world champ. So if you win the world champion's jersey, or you win the world championship that year. So the whole next year, you get to wear this cool white jersey with the rainbow stripes, which signifies I'm the world champion. So you stand out and you wear that jersey with honor. And so, but if you're the, the champion of Belgium, then you get to wear a cool yellow, red, and black Belgium jersey because I'm the champion of Belgium. So if you win in the Olympics, what's so cool about that is you get to wear like a gold helmet and you get to wear some bands. Some people have a gold bike. But you get to wear it for four years because, of course, the Olympics is only every four years. So there is a uh, a road race in the Olympics, and it'll have, you know, of course, the men's and women's. And so the winner of that will be the Olympic champion of cycling for the next four years. So that's pretty a big deal. So most of these guys who are racing now are racing for their team. So they're racing for 
Cannondale or Trek Segafredo or any else, whoever they're racing for. But once they finish, then they'll go and they'll race for their actual country. And then they'll try, you know, so all of the French people will ride together, Spanish, Belgium, et cetera. And then they'll try to win at the Olympics to be the Olympic champion of cycling. So. Right. Well, that, uh, well, all that's wonderful. And for the three people that are still listening, we appreciate you. But let's shift gears. Hang in there. Hang in there. <laughs> hang in there. We're going we gonna to bring it on home. Yeah. So, but so, right now, just to, just to give us an update, we're into the second week of the Tour de France. Pogachar is by far the dominant rider in the whole race. His team isn't a great team, but they're a good enough team for him to win. So right now, he has like a four or three minute lead, something like that. Uh, it, it'll be very surprising. His biggest rival crashed out of the race, so he's not there anymore. So right now, it's pretty much his race to lose. So the, the biggest drama now is probably will Mark Cavendish win enough stages to become the all-time leader in stages in the Tour de France? And the great thing is, if he wins the next couple of sprint stages, because some are finished with sprints and some finish in the mountains, then he can actually break the record on the Champs-Élysées in France which would just be phenomenal. It'll be like a storybook ending to his career. It's like Disney should start writing a movie as soon as he wins. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it'll open up in, at Disney Euro. <laughs> Correct. Exactly. It may not play well here. Uh, but you, you talked about injuries in the Tour de France. Let's transition to the NBA basketball. Uh, NBA finals got underway. Suns did their thing. Giannis, surprisingly, I, to me, I was shocked that he played. Uh, before we get into sort of the, the final series, I've been asking this question over the last, I guess, month or so, are the NBA playoffs more or less interesting without all of your big stars, with LeBron being out, with the Nets being out? Is it better or worse for the NBA that those guys aren't able to or weren't able to participate and advance in, in the playoffs and primarily due to injuries? Well, I think it's great that they're not there because the NBA, as you can see, it's, it's a it's a changing of the guards. It's, it's a turning of the page right now. You know, LeBron James and the Chris Pauls and those guys, they're they're like yesterday's stars. And so now you're getting the bookers, you know, you're getting you know, a little guy in um, ice tray, you know, you're getting those guys. So it's it's the young guys that are taking over now and, and they're taking over with the three point game and excitement. And so you, you have to appreciate it and love it. And, and it's their time. So I think the older guys. They may have a last hoorah. You better do like Chris Paul did and pair up with a young guy who can get it done. <laughs> and so and you just guide him along the way. Although Chris Paul was wonderful last night. I mean, Devin Booker is the guy that's really making that thing go. And so, um, yeah, I don't I don't miss not having James Harden and, you know, KD and those guys. And I'm I'm excited about seeing these young guys and see how they perform under the pressure. And I think we were talking about it a couple of days ago. These young kids play so much AAU basketball. You know, before you would get your 25 games of, of high school basketball, and then that was it. You know, you would go play with your friends in the summer, maybe go to the camps, work out, stuff like that. But now the AAU circuit is so competitive at such a young age, or it's the, you know, the baseball circuit or whatever, you, whatever you're doing, the seven-on-seven -seven football circuit, that I don't think these kids really respond to the pressure because they, they've been in pressure situations so many times as opposed to playing – in the state playoffs four times, they've gone to the AAU National Championship every summer, and it's a big tournament and a bigger tournament and a bigger tournament. So that by the time they get to this stage, that they've already are used to it. And so they just perform. You know, they don't, it's not like they have to go to 
three or four years of the playoffs in order to figure out how to handle the pressure. They come out of high school knowing how to handle the pressure. Well, do you think that this is a true turning of the page or just a, an anomaly because Anthony Davis got hurt, because Kyrie Irving got hurt, because Klay Thompson hadn't been back, you know, because Jamal Murray was out, which I, he's one of the younger guys, uh, because Ka- Kawhi Leonard went out. I mean, th- is this something that – because I don't think that either of these teams would be favorite going into next year because you have major, major players who weren't able to compete because of injuries. Uh, do you think this is really a change in the era or next year uh, when the big boys will be back in the game? No, I think the big boys are done. I think all of those guys you named were over 30. And so you keep having more and more injuries when you get over that age. And it's a lot of mileage on those guys because all of those guys were successful Kyrie Leonard, LeBron James, and those guys have played in a lot of playoffs. Kyrie Irving, I mean, they've probably played a whole extra season or two worth of playoff basketball. And so I think the younger guys are just going to keep putting the pressure on them. They're going to make those guys get hurt more. I mean, one thing about sports, the father time is undefeated. I mean, I don't care who you are. You know, Michael Jordan, he left, came back, had another good three years. But the second time he came back, uh, I mean, he wasn't the Michael Jordan of old. I mean, the knowledge is there and, and, the, and the determination is there. But at some point, your body is going to start letting you down. I wanted to uh, tell you, ask you about the series. I mean, who do you who do you like to win the series? Obviously, now uh, Milwaukee's down a game. Um, but Giannis did play, and he played well. I mean, what do you think moving forward in this series? Well, you know, in, in basketball, one thing you're looking at is, is, is just looking at wins and losses. So you can't say, well, hey, they were up by 20. Hey, they they won pretty easy. It doesn't matter because Milwaukee can come back and win the next two and nobody remember what happened in game one. So I think I'm going to go with Milwaukee in seven, especially since they're down 0-1. I think they can get it done, especially if Giannis is, I mean, he's going to probably feel better and better each game as he goes along. And so I don't, I don't know. For some reason, I just feel like Milwaukee is, is that team that when the game gets close, that they'll make a play with Middleton and Giannis and, and I think Holiday. I think they have enough people, enough scores, maybe one more score than what Phoenix has, where Phoenix is more relying on. And Booker didn't shoot the three ball good last night, but you know we know that he's a scorer and he's a confident scorer because he's going to keep shooting it. So you like to see that he didn't he didn't go into a tank when he wasn't, you know, stroking it from deep. And so and Chris Paul is Chris Paul. I mean, you know what you're going to get out of him. Now, he's on that, you know, could get injured at any list time, you know, because, he's you know, <laughs> we, we've seen that with the Rockets. So, I mean, a healthy Chris Paul through all seven games definitely is a necessity for Phoenix to win. You know, you can put the same thing on Giannis like they need Giannis, even if he's not playing at 100 percent, his presence is enough that they really need him because he'll open up things for Middleton and Holiday, of course. Finally, well, about the NBA. Do you think the NBA ratings, the finals ratings, will will be comparable to past, uh, past NBA finals, or do you think that the numbers may drop off significantly? Because you do have a smaller market in Milwaukee, and then you have a team that has not didn't even make the playoffs. You know, so in Phoenix last, they're not a traditional uh, winning team. Do you think because of that, the NBA ratings will will, will take a hit? Yeah, I mean they're absolutely going to take a hit. And 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 I tell you, it's two things. I mean, three things. First of all, it's Phoenix and Milwaukee. Could you pick two worst teams if you the NBA? If you if you're concerned about ratings. And you say, all right, what's the worst case scenario? Uh, Phoenix and Milwaukee. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And no disrespect to those two cities because they're they're passionate fans in both of those cities, but neither team 
has a national following. I mean, they never have and probably never will. You don't see people wearing those bucks deer antlers in L.A. It's just not fashionable, okay? So, in Phoenix, it's just Phoenix. It's just out there. So, and, and I love both of those things, been to both of them, but I, I don't think it's a highly rated uh, series, and I don't think you have any star power. Like, Giannis, as athletic as he is, and he has some highlights in dunking, he still doesn't have that star power commercial crossover appeal. Now, State Farm, you know, which is another reason why, you know, I, I just I'll backtrack a second. The reason why I pick Milwaukee probably more than anything, be, one is I really want to see Giannis kind of go with the mantra of I'm going to stick with the team that drafted me. Yeah. and I'm going to fight through adversity and win the championship. So kudos to him if he can make that happen and not try to pair up with a big three or add in superstars of me leave. So I like that. The next thing is that State Farm curse is real. I mean, you cannot be the State Farm man and win the championships. I don't think Chris Paul's going to win because of that reason. So I said that. So I but Mahomes got a Super Bowl. What? Mahomes won a Super Bowl. He was, he's a State Farm guy, right? Yeah, but then the next year you saw he came back and him and the other guy, both of them got put out. So, I mean, it's just Tom Brady kills the State Farm. I don't know why Allstate won't pick up Tom Brady. I mean, I, I would do it just to spite State Farm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They have all kinds of commercials. But anyway, we, we're going way off topic. So, as far as the deal with the ratings, the next big thing is you got to realize, look at the timing. It's like late July, a middle of July almost. And so usually the playoffs are over with, if I'm not mistaken. We we're kind of late into the, the whole thing. So I think people are more into summertime. It's like outside. Who's going to make time to run in and watch a game at 7 o'clock when it's still daylight outside? I got another hour and a half to do something with my kid in the backyard. You know, so I think that's another factor that may they may factor into, hey, these games won't be highly rated. But I still think it's going to be some exciting basketball, and it still counts as a championship if nobody watches. So, hey, right. go for it. I want to ask you about the most controversial uh, topic in sports these days. Shakari Richardson uh, left off of the 4 by 100 relay. She'd already been hit with a 30-day uh, suspension for her use of marijuana. What, what's your thoughts on, uh, on Shakari Richardson and, and that entire situation with USA Track? You know, that's that's a that's a weird deal. And so, first of all, I didn't know that that marijuana was a controlled substance by USA track. But, you know, I, I think when you sign up for certain jobs or certain professions and she's a professional that you have to go by whatever the rules are for your profession. So and if you're an NFL player and they say you can't smoke marijuana, then you can't smoke marijuana. Now we can go with it's legal and it's in it's your right to do it and everything like that. I'm not against people who smoke marijuana. If that's what you choose to do, then do it. I don't have a problem with it. You know, I think it's perfectly fine if that's what you choose to do. Just know the consequences, et cetera, et cetera. But if your job states that you can get fined, penalized, or dismissed for doing it, then at that point, you have to be an adult and say, hey, I'm going to do it within the parameters of the rules of the people that are employing me, or I'm going to go find another job or work for myself. So I, I think it's unfortunate, but if she was clear, and, and I look at it was hundreds of other track athletes who are on the Olympic team and nobody else failed the marijuana test but you. So at that point, you have to say, hey, OK, I need to be in better control of myself. But I also say if you're going to do the 30 day suspension, which I probably don't agree with the whole aspect of, you know, it, it being a controlled substance anyway. But if you're going to go with the 30 day suspension, I don't really understand why you wouldn't then put on the four by one team. Like, yeah. I don't really get that. And maybe it's something that we don't know. And I am i haven't read up on it other than the headlines. 
But if she could have still participated in the four by one, she's obviously the fastest person in the hundred in the U.S. Unless you felt like her chemistry on the team was bad or you didn't want the controversy. So now to me, instead of getting the best athletes and giving yourself the best chance of winning the four by one, you're kind of putting your personal thoughts on it from USA track. And, and, and I, and I don't want to comment on it too much because I don't really know all what, of the yeah. facts, but just from the little that I've read, if it's a situation where, yeah, you know what? The 30, the 30 day suspension would have been up and she would have been eligible to compete in the four by one. And she was apologetic and accepted the penalty seems like publicly. Then why wouldn't you then let her compete in the four by one? Even if you had to, Hey, privately say, Hey, look, we're not going to make any more comments about the suspension and we're going to move forward. And if you make a comment about it, then it may lead to your dismissal from the team. You may have to accept it with that caveat, but just to say, hey, you know what? Nah, we're good. We're going to go with the next guy or girl who's not as fast as you. Because now it's not about who's the fastest person. It's about, you know, you putting some personal type stuff on it. Or it appears to be like yeah, it's something right. personal. Right. Well, and, and maybe, yeah, and, and I look at it, maybe... She wasn't mentally prepared. I, I don't know, because I know initially when she was asked, she said she wasn't thinking about that. She was more concerned with taking care of herself. And, and maybe more will come out, maybe more Yeah, won't. man, we don't know all yeah. the facts. We may look at it as they left her off, and she may have said, well, if I can't run the 100, then the hell with y'all. I don't want to run the 4 by one So we, right. we don't know. And so as in some of those things, you're getting bits and pieces of the stories. And, you know, and a lot of people... You know, a lot of commentators and, and you know, a lot of uh, network people, they always seem to take a story like this and they run with it and make 100 comments and they don't know all of the facts. And to me, it's like until you know all of the different parts of it, then to me, you kind of make some generalizations. And then when more stuff come out, then you can kind of detail your comments more. But, you know, See, others it, just like to just run off. But you and I on our podcast, you know, we know how to be sensitive to speak on what we <laughs> right. do know about. Right. Well, more or less. <laughs> Unless you're talking about the Pelodrome. <laughs> yeah, the Pelodrome. Yeah. yeah. I, had, I had to catch on that. Yeah. You're about, you about to get all type of comments. But, you know. <laughs> And and I'm and I and I think that this audience is such uh, world travelers and well versed that someone would have definitely picked up on that right away. I, I couldn't. Have, I thought about in the back of my mind. I was like, hey, let me let this guy call this the Pelodrome the whole show and see how many corrections he gets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not that kind of I'm guy. glad you corrected me. I wanted to ask with the Shakari Richardson thing, and the reason why I. I'm interested in your take. Obviously, an 11-year NFL guy. And and I mentioned this in an interview that NFL guys, you, they're things that you can buy at CVS that are banned substances uh, by the NFL. Uh, talk a little bit about what you guys had to go through, even if you got a cold or if you had a cough. Uh, to, what did you have to go through as an active NFL player as it pertains to those guidelines? Yeah, well, the, the NFL's policy is you are responsible for everything that's in your body, period. No ifs, no buts, no other statements. You are responsible for everything that's in your body. So if you were, if you passed out at a Prince concert and the doctors gave you something to revive you and then you tested positive with that, then you're responsible for it. <laughs> now, you, now, you got a hell of an excuse and maybe the excuse will work. But at the end of the day, you're going to be suspended first until the excuse comes out because you're responsible for what's in your body. And so I think, you know, our talking point with our athletic trainers were, hey, if you want to, and our, and our strength coach, Waterson, who was a really good guy, he's retired in the NFL, but he was in there for like 20, 30 years, maybe longer. 
But his thing was, hey, guys, if you have some product that you want to try or somebody at another gym has recommended, bring it to me. We can send it to the NFL. We can get it tested. And then they can tell us, oh, yeah, this is OK. And now once we get the letter from the NFL to say, hey, yeah, this is OK. Um, it's something that you can take. And then you take it and it comes back that is, it's a substance in there or reacted some kind of way. Then you can always say, well, nah, you told me I could take this. So now if you want to change the rule. That's perfectly fine, but I have something to fight with. But, yeah, you, you can't just go out and take products because, you know, the big guy at Gold's Gym told you he put on 25 pounds in three weeks taking it. Well, that, that in itself should make you wonder what the hell's in it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, but you, you are absolutely responsible for what's in your body at all times. And it's, and it's part of being a professional and what comes with the job. It's kind of like when I hear NFL players say, well, you know, well, why when I'm in public, people got to do this? Why people got to walk up to me? I'm not a role model. I, well, once you take the money, then <laughs> everything else comes with that. You're a role model. You're prejudged. You know, you you get accused of stuff that you didn't do. If you if you put yourself in it, if you get a DUI, you're going to be on the front page. You know, any accusation, all of that comes with it once you take the money. Like if you don't want the fame and all the other stuff, then give the money back. But once you take the money, you sign it up for all of that. And some of it's fair. Some of it's not. I totally agree with it. But you're getting paid a lot to deal with the bull. So that's kind of how I look at it. You know? Yeah. And, and the other thing, and the last thing on this is with marijuana usage, it seems like that is no longer like we're trending towards the day that it won't be an issue as, as it pertains to athletes. And, and I mentioned this. I know a lot of guys who deal with pain, chronic pain after the game. They opt for, say, marijuana versus maybe opioids or other pain relievers that could do damage to the body. Have you had the heard the same things from your former nfl peers uh what what from what your conversation and i don't know how many of these you've had but uh the, what's the general attitude that you get uh from your former uh teammates your former nfl alumni guys uh, as it pertains to utilizing say marijuana for pain versus some of the uh the, the harder stuff yeah well i i, I mean I've, i know some guys and a lot of people using different cbd products some endorse cbd products some have invested in cbd products and some people you know use cannabis you know and so i think it's an individual thing and i and i think if you look at the narcotics that you can take to combat pain uh it seems to me and i'm not a doctor like the cannabis or the cbd may be a better alternative but ultimately it's a person's individual life and their body. I think we, we are beyond the stages where we're saying that, you know, cannabis is a drug that is not in the same realms of cocaine and, and those other type of, you know, hardcore narcotics. So we're starting to look at the positive aspects of how it can be used. And so, and I, and I think as a country, now that we're moving that way and we're trying to decriminalize in cannabis, then that same, at that same time, I, to me personally, I'm not a cannabis smoker, but I've never believed that a person smoking marijuana or cannabis or CBD products, whatever, gave them a competitive advantage. So if it doesn't give you a competitive advantage, then I don't care what you do. It's just like you going out and having a beer or drinking, whatever. If it's not going to help you play better, run faster, jump higher, more smarter or something like that, then I don't see a problem with it, especially when it's becoming legal throughout the country. And it's kind of like the people who are still in jail for cannabis crimes and say, hey, but now it's legal in most states, so why am I still sitting in jail for a misdemeanor charge of possession with cannabis? Right. <laughs> so right. it's like, it's something that the, the wheels of justice are moving slow, and it seems like they do most of the time, but I think we have to kind of catch up 
with what we're doing. And, and even you can go with the college athletics. You, you know, you have a lot of college athletes who are, whether you agree with it or not, is the younger culture where cannabis is more widely accepted. So you're going to have to approach that to say, well, if you're in the state of California where cannabis is legal, but then if you're at, a, the, at Cal Berkeley and you test positive for cannabis and you get suspended, then it's kind of like the athletic laws aren't in line with the state laws and then maybe possibly even the federal laws. So that's something that you, know, you would like to see everything lined up together so that way a player can clearly know where the lines are because once they're blurred, then there's always an interpretation. And you want, you want the laws to be the laws and not an interpretation. And it seems like with the Shakari Richardson, it went from, okay, this was the rule, but now it's an interpretation of after the 30 days, can you still participate? And then that's when people start thinking things aren't being done fairly. Right, right. And so we'll have to follow that and see if any more details leak out because that just broke last night. So we'll have to see uh, what the headlines say. Well, hey, man, I appreciate the time. I know that this is probably one of the last conversations we'll have before we get into some football. Training camp is around the corner. Do you you still do you still have instinctively feel that always oh, summertime? I mean, for so many years of your life, this was the time of year where you were kind of getting ready to go to training camp. Do you you still get that itch? Do you still get that feel that all after all these years of retirement yeah you know it, it it still comes around the fourth of july like the fourth of july was that that was the end of summer for me because usually you know we would always start training camp around july 15th to 17th so you knew after july 4th you never had more than two weeks before training camp started and and so in the last two weeks you're just kind of mentally getting yourself there you're kind of taking care of the stuff in your house, you know, you wanted to paint the deck, you go ahead and get it painted now, <laughs> you know, all those little things, because you pretty much know for the next six months, hopefully to the end of January, you're going to be focused like 100% on football. So, I mean, once January, once July 4th comes, it kind of clicks in my head like, hey, man, it's, it's time to get ready for football. And I, and I guess with me having, you know, one son playing college football, another son playing high school football, uh, you know, working out, I actually worked out with them yesterday and kind of having that conversation with them like, hey, man, you know, you only you only got a couple more weeks to go. You know, you'll be starting off August 4th, or August 5th, something like that. So they have a little bit more time. But for me, once July 4th kicked and, and it's still like this year, it's like July 4th. I'm like, man, it's oh, yeah, it's almost football time. You know, it's just it's just in the back of your mind. It just kind of clicks that way. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's always a special time in the fall. Um, when you're going back to training camp because you're, you're seeing people that you hadn't seen in a while and you have new players and, and, it's, and everybody's thinking that it's going to be a great year. Of course, it's only going to be <laughs> one team to have a great year, but everybody is so optimistic, so upbeat. You're running in there excited. You haven't been bruised up or hurt. Nobody's been cut from training camp. So, I mean, those first weeks of training camp were great, and then it just – you know, the reality starts in, your, your guy that you was cool with gets cut, this guy gets hurt, this guy gets traded, and the season starts. But it, it, it was it's a great way to make a living, and I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, man, how can folks reach you on social media? All right, it's at erob 50 on Instagram and Twitter. Hey, man, we appreciate you like always, and we'll talk to you probably next week. So we, you'll get Absolutely. You got some, uh, hey, the second and third week of the Tour de France. So, hey, a lot of exciting things going on in the Euro sports world. And we, we're going to have to catch up on some soccer, too. I know I'm not your soccer expert, right. but I'm going to have to give, give you a couple comments on soccer next yeah, week. Yeah, and some baseball. So we'll do all of that next week. So look forward to it. All right, take it easy. Comments heard, call 832 832- 832
941-641-6614. Appreciate Ed. Also appreciate him correcting me. I mean, I made a rare mistake. <laughs> a legit mistake. Paladrome, Velodrome. Hey, I know better now. Actually, I knew it then. I just I don't know what got into my head. Maybe too much vino. I don't know. Maybe maybe that was it. But nonetheless, it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the player, team, entity, someone in or around the world of sports that we deem to be the big dummy or dummies of the episode. Well, this time out, there are a group of people that were in on creating this Lamont Award or, or creating an atmosphere or earning a Lamont Award. You know, these days, and if you follow the headlines at all, there's a battle for the, the minds of our young people. Critical race theory. Can you learn about it? Can you not? Maybe you can hear about uh, slavery, but you can't uh, understand who enslaved the enslaved people. Um, you know, you can hear about, oh, the good stuff about the Alamo, but you don't really understand the backstory of what the true motivations were. All of that. So we, we know that there's a battle for the minds of our youth. And this time out in the world of sports, not again on the grand scheme of things, this is a, a, a very, very small molehill, okay? Not, nothing, nothing big at all. But in our little world, in this vacuum of the world of sports, uh, this is a pretty big deal. So we know by now, because if you have a television or an internet or a computer, you've heard of the pending arrival of Space Jam 2. Starring LeBron James. And I have to tell you, I was uh, a little too old for the first Space Jam. So that, it wasn't my thing. I didn't see it as a kid or even a teenager. It was, you know, so I missed the boat on the whole Space Jam thing. I, I haven't even seen Space Jam. So, I mean, I know it. I know about it. I know parts of it. I've not seen it. But this time out, LeBron, he's replicating what MJ did. And, of course, there's a constant debate between LeBron or uh, two camps. LeBron is the greatest player of all time, and uh, Michael Jordan is the greatest player of all time. And some people say, well, LeBron hadn't even surpassed Kobe. They get that discussion a lot. Well, I guess leave it up to whatever movie company and ESPN and LeBron's people to circumvent the discussion by planting a seed in the youth of today. Because when they see this movie, they will have seen or heard these promotions that have gone on leading into the movie. The phrase that gets me in all of this marketing is the bunny versus the goat. So the goat being LeBron James in this scenario. So how are you just going to pass up Michael Jordan and even Kobe in this discussion? What about Kareem? So we're just going to just say you just the goat. You're going to say it to the kids in a way that they'll internalize it. You know what they say. If you say something enough times, people will believe it, whether it's true or not. And so you're going to circumvent the, the or argument about the six championships versus all of the stuff that you've done and hadn't done and who you did it with and where you did it. You're just going to pass all of that up and declare yourself the goat. Really? You're going to do the greatest of all time? You're going to do this? I mean, it's slick. It's slick because with them saying it in the promotions, it's like, well, hey, it wasn't me. Everyone just understands that I'm the GOAT. And I think that is a very subtle way 
to get yourself, to wedge yourself into that position. Not so fast. Uh-uh-uh. Still have to have that discussion. There's still ways, a lot of ways where you've come up short. Now, again, you are the greatest player of this era, no doubt about that. And good for you. You've done some amazing things. You're a great humanitarian. You're a great businessman. By the way, he'll be a billionaire by the end of the year. So he's doing his thing. I don't know where, where Jordan ranks in that situation or a Magic Johnson for that matter. But he'll be a billionaire. So I have to look up the numbers on that. So he's, he's a dude. He's a lot of things. He's a lot of great things in society and life on and off the court. What he's not is the GOAT. And the fact that they skipped over a legit discussion and just marketed this movie, The Bunny versus the Goat, among other ways they've marketed it, that makes everybody involved with the marketing of this movie using that slogan. That makes all of them big dummies. You big dummy! <laughs> <laughs> Man, LeBron is playing chess and not checkers. This dude is on his game, but it doesn't make it so just because a movie says it. I just, I don't know how many people peep that, but that's a real big deal in the world of sports. I, I wish Jordan would come out and say something. I don't know if anybody, is this debate being held anywhere else? Has anyone noticed this? You're going to use Bugs Bunny, one of the, the biggest icons in, in the eyes of children ever. You're going to use him to push your agenda. Come on with the propaganda. Man, y'all get out of here with all of that. The game is wicked, man. But I'm getting out of here, too. But before I let go, before I let go, I want to thank our sponsors. want to thank DJ Anarchy. want to thank you guys for tuning in. want to remind you to go to wadeswordproductions.com. That's wadeswordproductions.com. Also, stop by LiberaPay, L-I-B-E-R-A-P-A-Y, LiberaPay.com. Make a contribution. Look for Sports Talk with Devin Wade. Make a contribution today. We need your help, your support, and uh, we would certainly appreciate it if you did that. Also, give us a call on the sports line, 832-941-6614. So glad to be back. Hey, remember, a lot of this stuff, and remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. <laughs> this has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening. <laughs>